Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChumbaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of the Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play the Godfather, now at chumpacasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire. Huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. ChumbaCasino.com has over 100 casino style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Good evening, Steeler fans. Welcome to another Wednesday night here on Behind the Steel Curtain Radio. If it's Wednesday night and it's the offseason, it's time for the Curtain Call Podcast. I'm Jeffrey Benedict. Here with me, as always, Shannon White. Shannon, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing great. We we were just having some, you know, great conversation before the show started. And I'm like, man, we got to start the show and share these pearls of wisdom with all the <laughs> listeners. I mean, we, I was like, man, we got to save some of it, you know. <laughs> we'll, we'll save a few. We'll yes, save yes. a few. You guys, you guys will get the the crop. Wow, that's terrible. <laughs> Anyways, last week we talked about the Steelers' defense, the roster on the team heading into the off season. Today we're going to talk about the offense. And Shannon, I, to me, the big story on offense is nothing's changing. Like really, nothing. Nothing. Almost everyone's coming back. Uh, including offensive coordinator Matt Canada. Uh, how how, how do, do you think it's a good idea bringing this whole offense back with, I mean, like the, all the major players are back. Do you think that's good? I was, ex- I'm excited about because they're such a young group. Like we talked recently. I mean, everybody's under 26 years of age, so they mm. can really grow together. They, they showed so much improvement in the second half of the year albeit against an easier schedule, but still improvements, improvement. You know, it's like I was talking a while back, you know, the, at one point 
the Stewart's offensive line could not get any push against any defense. I mean, they they played the Seattle Seahawks uh, last year, and they played – they had, like, just given up 207 yards rushing the week before. We're right dead last in the NFL against the run. And they the Stewart's still could not get any push and any develop any running game. Uh, their running game was so inconsistent because of that. Uh, they had no burst. If it was third and one, fourth and one, they they were terrible. You know, we remember the one game where they four shots from the goal line and they couldn't score. This year, that changed. Now, a lot of it changed because of, you know, uh, Pat Meyer and uh, they did a lot of combo blocks and they, they started working better in unison. And, you, you know, that helped them get pushed, even against bigger defensive tackles. Early in the year, we was talking before the show, pass blocking was good. Run blocking still wasn't good. A lot of blown assignments and, and you know, lack of push. Uh, but I think they had to learn the new style, the new sets, and, and to work, you know, in you know, a lot of combination blocks, which they were able to do there in the second half. So I'm really excited about the personnel coming back. Now, Matt Canada coming back, again, we've talked. Run game coordinator, I'm fine with him, but I just think that they need some – I don't know what they're going to do, but they're going to have to improve you know, in the past coordinating part of it. And I think that, that, you know, I don't think they're going to bring anybody in from outside, but they might, you know, uh, I think they need to because something needs to change there, but um, because that's going to set a ceiling for their, for the offense next year uh, on all the players uh, on offense, because I think they're going to be limited if, if they don't, because I think that's where, Canada struggles the most, but um, I kind of understand the rationale and the reasoning, and we know stores don't pay somebody to sit home. So, um, but I, you know, I'm hoping for the best, but I'm really excited about the young core. You were talking about short yardage and especially third and fourth downs, right? Mm -hmm. I, I found this stat amazing. Someone asked me this question. They're like, how, how did the Steelers rank in that? They were the second best team in the NFL at converting third or fourth down at three yards or less. I want to say that again. Second best. <laughs> if it was third and fourth and three yards to go or less, they converted at the second highest rate of any team in the NFL. Now, I would take that one step farther with Pat Meyer and Matt Canada and how they do the run game, right? 31 times. A third or fourth down with three or fewer yards ended with a run play by a non-running back. Wide receiver, fullback, tight end, quarterback. Steelers converted 30 out of 31 of those attempts. 96.8% conversion rate. Mm. So we talk about jet sweeps. We talk about the the, the wingback uh, counter plays. Uh, uh, Derek White. Mm -hmm. The one income, the one that didn't make it, Derek Watt was like six of seven or seven for eight. Mm -hmm. He had missed one, but he was still like 80, 90% completion, like crazy numbers, mm -hmm. crazy numbers. All of the wide receiver sweeps they did on third or fourth and short, every single one of them converted. Every one. And then you had a whole bunch of quarterback runs in there. Quarterback sneaks. Oh every, yeah. Yeah. Every single one was converted. That is amazing. The turnaround. From the line we saw, where it's like it's third and two, you 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 throw the ball. 
buddy. Don't mm-hmm. don't even try to run <laughs> to, to this last year. Like you you could do no wrong. Like the Steelers run game just dominated on those plays. Uh so that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal. Um and, and it's been my opinion, and, and I, I I think when you say you 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 get the rationale behind it, you're agreeing with me. Uh I think the reason Matt Canada is, is back is because the Steelers believe that run game is the right kind of training wheels for a young quarterback. Right? Would mm-hmm. you agree with that? Oh, definitely. I, I think they've seen, you know, we talk about fit a lot of time, players and the fit to the scheme. Yeah. But, you know, Matt Canada's and Pat Myers' blocking scheme is a good fit as well. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a lot of times, you know, you get, you start to develop that like they did this year. And then you switch either or the offensive coordinator or the offensive line coach. And the next guy won't be as smooth a transition and they won't have that chemistry. And, um, so I think it, it, you know, really Pat Meyer kind of helped bring Matt Canada back. Yeah. Um, because I, you know, we're bad, all of us for, man, you know, you get spoiled by Munchak and then you go to Sherrod and then you go to Clem and then you're like, Oh man, you know, man, I miss Mike Munchak, you know, but I wasn't super excited about Pat Meyer. Yeah. Uh, you know, you had talked about some of the, his previous history of success and, you know, but I wasn't thinking about the Panthers and, you know, their running game so much, but they did have McCaffrey and they had some success yeah. there. And, um, but it's watching, you know, especially in the training camp and early preseason, you're like, these guys don't know what they're doing. And, you know, they were bad. They were bad. They were really yeah, bad. Yeah, it was really bad. But you just got more and more encouraged as you've seen, because not only was it a new offensive uh, uh, blocking principles, but you had all them new guys, mm-hmm. you know, Cole and Daniels right in the center of everything. And it took them a little while to accumulate, but uh, acclimate. But once they did, you know, I, I thought that Daniels, it just had a really, really solid season. Oh, yeah. Uh, the, easily the best since DeCastro at mm-hmm. right guard. And, I, I, again, I'm much higher on Mesa Cole than a lot of people because I believe that Cole showed as the year went on, and he talked about it after the season in an interview just this week, that the communication part, being a full-time starter center, you know, he's always been more of a role player and a depth guy. Mm-hmm. And not to say his – uh, his ceiling or his ability limits him there, but just where he was at, they had somebody maybe better, more experienced than him, but he started to really communicate and, and be a show leadership on that line. And if you really watched, he got pushed back at times, but a lot of centers do, but you know, he has this off season to really work on where he's seen. He struggled. He seems like the kind of guy that has that work ethic. Uh, he's ahead of the game now, as far as, leadership, communication, all that stuff. I expect him, if he can be healthy, which is always with an offensive lineman, the big question mark, I expect him to be even better next year. I See, that's the exciting thing to me is this this offensive line, We talk, you, you were just talking about how bad they were mm. in training camp, in the preseason, even into the, I mean, all the way up through the bye week. You can say mm-hmm. that offensive line just was bad. It was varying degrees of bad. Like I, I remember talking every week, we'd be like, "Well, the offensive line was better." They're like, and we would go from like they're they're a dumpster fire to a to a dumpster fire, but they put out the fire. It's a smoldering 
former <laughs> dumpster fire, right? Like, yeah, but it's yeah. still a dumpster of burnt trash. They're terrible, but they put the fire out. Okay, like, like that. That, that was the degrees of improvement. But yeah. by the end of the season, they're actually really good. Like, yes. they're they're. I would I wouldn't say really good. They were really good compared to the last couple. What like the the earlier in the season and the year before. Uh, but I'd say they were they were approaching like a solid offensive line to even a good offensive line. Yes. They're all coming back. Mm-hmm. Uh how how big, how good do you think this offensive line as constructed can be? Because we all know there are pieces on there. Talked about Mason Cole, talked about Daniels. You've got Takuma Korafor, who, in my opinion, I think most people would agree with this, played his best season. You didn't notice him all year. Mm-hmm. Like maybe one or two plays earlier in the season, but he just kind of disappeared and did his job for most of the season. Actually, a lot of people are saying, like, it was just a good season for him. Mm-hmm. That You're not going to mess with that. He's out there. He's doing a good job. The left side of the line, Shannon, we have Dan Moore Jr. and Kevin Dotson. Can the Steelers say, hey, you know, these guys have familiarity. They can grow. They can maybe improve. Obviously, last season, we know in the in the, in the the offseason, they weren't working so much on the plays. They were getting their form rebuilt. Mm-hmm. They were getting all this stuff worked on. They did improve. Would you be – like, what's your, what's your level of comfort with those two being starters next year? Well, first I got to mention, when you was talking about the dumpster fire and they put it out and it was a smoldering fire, and, and it reminded me of a major league movie when they're like, these guys suck. And they're like, they're not too bad. You know, later in the, yeah. so that's, that's kind of like how we all felt about the Steelers offensive line as the year went on. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've seen a, a couple of comments, you know, about that the offensive line improved because of the quality of the opponent went down. Now that's true. And I that mentioned that earlier, but again, this offensive line has been so bad for two years in a row that it didn't matter who they played. You know, if you had anybody of quality on the at a defensive tackle, somebody with beef and size, you know, and a, and a, and a little quickness, they destroyed the Steelers' interior line for the last couple of years. And uh, like I said, last year, it was just snap, three steps, you know, less than two seconds of balls out because if not, Ben's getting killed. This year, you actually seen progress. Now, the core for I just wrote an article posted yesterday that I think he and I had Deke Crow because he had his best season. Mm-hmm. You know, KT Smith and and we had talked about it on the show when they re-signed him or signed him, not re-signed. You know, I always yeah. say that, but it signed him as a free agent. It's because he's still twenty five years old and it's his fifth year completed in the mm-hmm. NFL. It's it's incredible. And he's just now, I think, coming into his prime, and he showed that this year. Yep. And what I was most concerned about is athletically, he is the prototypical left tackle. He's got really long arms. He's he's he slides good. He's got you know he's light on his feet for a large man, but he didn't have the intensity. He didn't have the junkyard dog in him that you yep. want to see. This year, you started to see it. There was some pancake blocks. There was some blocks. You know, ten twenty yards downfield where he'd take out a, a, a cornerback. Uh, one time, I think it was uh, Pickett got hit. He tried to slide and he got hit. And a core four was right in the guy's face. See, that's a, a level of confidence that we hadn't seen in the past from a core four. Yeah. And I believe that, he, you know, by being, he got this financial security 
and uh, the security of I'm going to be with this organization for a while. And it brought out a level of confidence and maturity in him that we hadn't seen before. So when it comes from Cole to Daniels, to the core four, I'm really happy with that side. And I think as you are the left side, you know, again, they started that year good at pass block. It couldn't, and they was blowing assignments, missing blocks in the running game like crazy. Then they changed, and then they were really solid in the last few weeks running the ball to the left. But the pass blocking was still an issue. It just, you yeah. know, it just, it's like they could do one or they could do the other, but they couldn't do both. And we know that Meyer asked them to, to be more aggressive and almost kind of, I call it jump set and try to get, make first contact and not yep. absorb so much. And he really wants that across the line. Harder for the center, but you know, for the other guys. Yeah. And so, you know, at first, I think that's why they was missing so many assignments. Yeah. And, and you know, then it, it looks like, you know, the Keystone Cops when they do that, because there's just somebody coming wide open. Well, that's on Pickett's blind side. So it, even... You know, at the end of the year, as he was showing progression and improving, I think it was always in the back of his mind that, you know, he had to, you know, he was feeling pressure even when it wasn't there coming from the backside. And people were saying he's leaving an open pocket, but he felt it collapsing. But, you know, you, yeah, I think it's yeah, his, really his big. internal clock was short. Like his, oh, yeah. his fuse was short because he was used to it all year. And I think it's really big for Pickett's development to keep that cohesion and that line together. Um, you know, bring the, all these guys coming back. Now you want to add to that. And if you get an upgrade at left tackle or, or left guard, you got to take it. Let them yeah. compete. If you got bring a guy in, say he's a rookie or, or a free agent, let him compete with more or let him compete with Daniels. I mean, uh, Dotson. And, you know, let the best guy win. But that way you'll keep that camaraderie and that cohesion on that line. And that will help pick it to have more faith because he does have to develop his game as a pocket passer because uh, we've seen different people and we have under discussion three talk about he he's rushing. Mm-hmm. He's rushing. You know, you, you see him in college when he was comfortable and he's just scanning the field, picking people apart, but he never had that cover level inside the pocket. And it's because he didn't, you know, have that trust yet. It takes time. But uh, yeah, I, I'm writing an article right now about, you know, some of the weak spots for the Steelers last year. And, you know, I think Dodson is one. But my question was, was he playing out of position? Because Kevin yeah. Dodson's best performances that I remember was his rookie year playing play next to a core four. And a core four played really good with him mm-hmm. uh, on that uh, right side. And that's his natural position from college. So he might – I want to see the Steelers – Use that versatility they have on that offensive line, and at least during training camp, move these guys around and see if maybe you know some guys are better fits in other places. They pretty much set everybody up where they was going to be at the start of training camp this year. Besides Dotson and Kindergarten, yeah, which was insane because mm-hmm. Green's never going to play guard in the NFL. He's going to be a center, or he ain't going to be in the NFL. Yeah, but that was the I only place. It. Everything else, the positions like this is your position and it's set, and it was that way all season. But next year, I think if they maybe try Dodson, he might have more value on that right side. But again, that's just a theory. Oh yeah, I'll I'll go with it. I mean, uh, when it was when it was Pouncey at center, Dodson at right guard, 
and a core four at right tackle, that side of the offensive line was fantastic. Mm -hmm. Pouncey and Dotson were so good together because Pouncey by that point had all the brains in the world, had all the experience in the world. He's fantastic leadership, but he's getting older. And a lot of those, a lot of those top tier defensive tackles gave him trouble. And Dotson just putting some beef, solid yeah, like beef. Yeah. And Pouncey be like, you know, <laughs> you get that guy, you know, like you just steer him, just steer him in yeah. a direction. And then the next year, all of a sudden, it's Kendrick Green in the middle, and he had no clue what he's doing. Uh, I, I still think Dotson can can turn it around. I think he can be good. Mm-hmm. We've seen what he can do, and in the run game, man. By the end of it, he was getting the outside zone plays. Even mm-hmm. he was doing pretty yeah, solidly yeah. in outside zone, which was a huge weakness of his. Inside mm-hmm. zone, he's a beast. Outside, he was terrible. He was getting the outside zone down. I, I could see it, but I also agree with you. I think like uh, looking at the guys that are that are free agents, J.C. Hassenhauer. And both of the outside guys, Jesse Davis and Trenton Scott, that they brought in that really didn't play much because they didn't have a chance. Everyone played all the whole, all the season. Uh, those guys are free agents. The Steelers have room to go out and grab someone who may be like a top-tier backup who could also say, hey, if, if Dotson struggles, you're in. Go get a veteran. Mm-hmm. You get a veteran who understands this system that may not need – that much time to adjust to it and, and to learn the spots and can get step into a group where everyone else knows their role and just execute his. And if Dotson falters, you got it. You got that spot covered. If, if Dan Moore Jr. is really struggling, you got it covered. I, I think that's the opportunity on the offensive line, like you said. Uh, I'm going to agree with that. Moving on from the offensive line to probably the second most important position on offense uh, only because offensive line is five people. Anytime you have five people, it's pretty big. But the quarterback position. Steelers had three quarterbacks last season uh, vying for the job in training camp. That's not the case this year. Mm-mm. Going into training camp, the Steelers have a starting quarterback, Kenny Pickett. Mason Rudolph's a free agent. And then you've got Mitch Trubisky. Currently penciled in $8 million, second season of his deal. Uh, how do you see this quarterback room behind Kenny Pickett shaping out personnel-wise? Well, you know, we had the – the we were told it was going to be an open quarterback competition. Yeah. But in all reality, it wasn't. It wasn't. No. I mean, it was – when they signed Mitch Trubisky, you know, Tomlin had already said, I do not want to go into the year with a rookie quarterback. He wanted an experience, you know, he, he wanted to win, you know, and, and you know how it is when you start a rookie right off the bat, you know, you're going to take your lumps. And so I think that the fact that they brought in Trubisky and they drafted Pickett, it meant that Rudolph was not in consideration to be the starter. And I agreed with that. Now, as you say, going into this offseason, Kenny Pickett could go into it with the mindset, I'm the starter. Here's what I got to work on. You know, he is a different focus this year. Oh, so I'm, I'm hoping to have an even more successful offseason for him and working with the, you know, Trubisky brought everybody down to Florida and they all work together, mm-hmm. you know, and he, try, you know, he's got great leadership skills and he's a great guy. And I, I mean, everybody has limitations in life. And I yeah. think that his, his limitation is that he's a quality backup quarterback. Yeah. And I think, Rudolph could be a quality backup quarterback, but you have to, to get to that point. If somewhere along the line, you got to realize 
I'm not going to be a full-time quality starter. And I need to, you know, say this is what I'm going to really focus on. Being, you know, a second set of eyes on the sidelines. Being another quarterback coach. Always being ready and prepared, whatever the situation, because you could go in at a moment's notice. Those guys are extremely valuable around the league. And they make good money having a long career holding the clipboard most of the time. So mm-hmm. it's not the worst thing you could ever happen to somebody. We act like, you know, oh, you're the backup, and that's just horrible. That you know, and if in the right situation, you come in, you can carry your team the rest of the year. Be a Nick Foles, Jeff Hostetler, Frank Wright, any of these guys down through the years that were great backups. Um, I think Rudolph will want to go somewhere else just because you know, it's just there's a lot of venom. There's, you know, there's blood in the water in Pittsburgh. Yeah. I mean, when you come into a game in the preseason, you're booed. I mean, just because you come on the field, you know, I mean, it's, and it's like, there's just, with him, there's a love-hate relationship. Everybody either loves him or they hate him. And really, it should be something in the middle because he's, you know, he's a, he's not been a problem. He's not, he's not drama, you know, but uh, he might be more comfortable some, you know, restarting his career somewhere else where he might could compete for the starting quarterback position um, or be, you know, if that guy like this year, Trubisky not paying out and he could come in and be that next guy. Um, I would like to have Trubisky back because uh, I really like him. Um, but again, well, he, you know, he felt kind of betrayed. Uh, he said if he'd have known, he'd have wished he'd have waited a little longer before signing with the Steelers on, I think it was the first day of free agency, if I ain't mistaken. So, um, yeah. You know, I don't blame yeah. him if he wants to go somewhere else. And the Steelers would, if he really talks to him, I think they might say, hey, we're going to trade you so you have that opportunity. But uh, so it wouldn't shock me at all for the Steelers to try to pick up a quarterback in the late round. Because mm-hmm. they got two seventh rounders, I think. And you might have a guy like, uh, is it uh, Stetson? No. What's the kid from uh, Georgia? Yeah, Stetson, right? Stetson. I think it is. Or Stennett. No. It, he's he's very experienced you know he's 25 already so he would come in and it's almost be like having a venture backup you know it to be that quarterback three and then they'll have to you know if if they really do have to move Trubisky you know they'll have to look for a veteran I think to uh, back up Pickett yeah uh someone in the chat mentioned Josh Dobbs saying bring back Josh Dobbs i I loved Josh Dobbs I in 2019. Dobbs, yeah. They got a good offer for him. They took it, yeah. not thinking our third quarterback's going to start six games this year. Uh, and we ended up with Devlin Hodges starting. But Josh Dobbs, yeah, I think we'd both be cool with Josh Dobbs coming back. Oh, yeah, I like Josh, yeah. <laughs> all right, uh, we're going to take our break right now. When we come back, we're going to get in all the other positions, wide receiver, running back, tight end, all of that. We'll get back to that in just a moment. I'm Victoria Cash. Thanks for calling the Lucky Land Hotline. If you feel like you do the same thing every day, press 1. If you're ready to have some serious fun for the chance to redeem some serious prizes, press 2. We heard you loud and clear. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com right now and play over 100 social casino-style games for free. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And we're back. We just talked about the quarterback. We talked about the offensive line. Well, actually, we talked about backup quarterback. We'll get we'll swing back around to Kenny Pickett again. Don't, don't worry about it. Uh, we're going to go right now, though, to running back. Uh, Shannon is, is there anything really to say about this running back room coming into the off season? Uh, it seems pretty set. You've got a number one, you got a number two, Benny Snell is a free agent. You can bring him back if you want. I think is, do you, do you have any problems with this, with this running back room? We had talked me and you and, and on the, the podcast that I've reserved judgment on the running back room prior to last year, and because I wanted to see what they could do behind at least an average offensive line. Yeah. Now, they didn't have that at the beginning of the season, but in that second half of the season, the Steelers were average to slightly above average at the end. And you've seen the difference. Benny Snell played, averaged his best career yards per carry easily, was very effective in his limited usage when he had to play. Even Anthony McFarland. He looked really good and was yep. hitting the hole hard. And there was holes there, which, you know, for a long time, there wasn't any running lanes. So, you know, again, we know that an offensive line, a defensive line can make the linebackers look a lot better. Well, we know that an offensive line, you know, running back's got to have it. And um, I think that Najee Harris this year was the first year I could say, even the last year, you know, he grinded out to him tough yards and, and had a great rookie season considering what he was running behind. But I was still like, was he the right decision in the first round? Uh, you know, because the, the first round or running back, the way they've been devalued now, you have to be something special. Yeah, you know, uh, one of the top running backs in the in the league, especially in, in your division. Uh, I believe that in that second half of this season, he took that step up. They, It was criminal how little Matt Canada used him in the passing game. Because if you see what running backs are doing right now around the league and in these playoffs, they split them up out wide. And they used to do that with Le'Veon Bell. You know, Harris could do that. You can move him around and get matchups. He could float like we begged him to do. And they started doing in the Raiders game, let him float through the line if he didn't have nobody to block and hit him right over the middle. And then little quarterbacks and most safeties don't want to try to tackle him. I mean, I was watching a replay today of where when uh, Garrett, Miles Garrett tried to tackle him that last game and he caught him and he got leverage on him and Harris just put him straight on the ground. He almost broke out of that against the guy that's considered all world. I mean, Harris has got that kind of ability. But I was like, does he have that special quality that make him worth that first-round pick? If you notice late in the year, he would hit the the hole north and south at full speed, 
and they would be traffic in, in, in the, at his feet, you know, a down defender or something like that. In the past, he would hesitate or he would hurl. And what he was doing there t- towards the end, he'd see the hole and he would high step, which, you know, some running backs do. And, um, you know, some of the best, Roger Craig was great at that. He would just high step over any traffic at his feet and maintain his speed. And then, so those runs early in the year that were two or three yards turned into six, seven, eight yard runs. And then, and then he got so comfortable. And then the left side of the line started gelling. He was cutting and bouncing outside and actually having the quickness to get out there. And he had some longer runs. We never see that even as a rookie. So I think he proved that he was a good pick in that, in the first round. And he has the leadership and the talent to be a mainstay for this offense for years to come. What do you say about Jalen Warren? I mean, the kid come out of nowhere. Uh, he would, they signed the kid Durant out of Duke. If I, if I remember right to the biggest bonus, you know, the biggest bonus they'd ever had, you were given to an undrafted free agent. So Warren was kind of the afterthought. And, you know, I watched him at college uh, at Oklahoma State, but I didn't know that his skill would translate to the NFL like that. But he was the perfect change of pace, you know, a backup running back. He was so good, even though they, they he fumbled twice, like once in the preseason, once early in the season. He got this reputation as a fumbler, which, you know, he disproved that real quick. But the ball security that Harris and Warren showed this year was very important. Because on a, on a young offense that struggles so much, they couldn't have they couldn't have giveaway possessions. You know, the, the turnovers just they couldn't have it. And both of them did an excellent job of ball security this year. But Warren was a diamond in ref. He's a, you know, uh he he made Tomlin, you know, kind of move back from that bell cow and say, you know, we need to keep Harris around more than three years by, you know, beating his head against the brick wall. So yeah, I'm very happy with the running back room. Uh, I would bring back Snell or McFarland, you know, at a league minimum deal because Snell can play special teams and he shows that he can be good short yardage and an emergency filling guy. And uh, and McFarland even looked good when he got, you know, an opportunity. So uh, I wouldn't put a draft pick on a running back at all this year. I want to clarify real quick because the way I said it, uh, I think people uh, were thinking I was saying McFarland's a free agent. I don't believe he is a free agent this year. Benny Snell is. Mm-hmm. I don't believe McFarland is. Um, Benny Snell had one good game, the game he had to actually play. Mm-hmm. 12 carries, 62 yards, five yards of carry. We've never seen that. And, and you saw some <laughs> Benny Snell football from Benny Snell. You actually saw it, it meaning, hey, you need three yards, you get three yards. You want four yards, you get four yards. First and ten, you're getting three or four yards. That's what you're getting. Like you're getting tough yards, whether you need whether that's what you need or not. You're getting those tough yards. Uh, so and he's core special teams player. He was uh, he he was tied for team lead in special team snaps right up there with your Derek Watt. Uh, he, he, like he's top tier guy now. And watching him on film, he's become a top tier special teams guy. This guy's carved out a niche. He's if he leaves the Steelers, he's going to be a he's going to be a special teams mm-hmm. guy, yeah. and your backup running back. I would love to see him back on Pittsburgh just because he, he's solid. I, I think you can go in there now and say he's your number three and be like, okay, 
He's our number three, and he's going to take all the special team snaps. Mm-hmm. That means you got Warren and, and Harris. You don't need them to do anything at all. You're good. Like, you guys don't mm-hmm. need to be on special teams that much, uh, which I, th- I think is a big benefit. Uh, because if if you lose if you get in a different backup running back, for example, Anthony McFarland, who never plays on special teams, they never play him on special teams. If you, if it's if it's Harris, Warren, McFarland next year, who's doing the special teams? Yeah, really. Right now, you're asking Warren, Jalen Warren, to be a special teams player, right? Mm-hmm. To focus on that, and you're already he's already your number two back, and that we're. That meant something this year. Not mm-hmm. you're going to sit and see if someone gets hurt. That meant something. So I I would actually like to see Benny Snow come back. If not, you have to find somebody. Because if Benny Snell leaves and Derek Watt leaves, you've lost two of your main special teams guys. Mm-hmm. Those are two of your main guys. They play on a lot of different sets. They play a lot of special teams. So that that's an important part to me. But I, I agree with you. My, my take on this running back room with Warren and Harris does any team have two running backs that run more violently? Right? You know what I mean? Like, like, mm-hmm. like Najee Harris. <clears throat> Najee Harris has that Derrick Henry level of mm-hmm. I'm, I don't want to break this tackle. I want to make you regret trying. <laughs> right? Like, I, I want you next time to be like, you know, I don't want to be on film getting my face smashed <laughs> into the ground by Najee Harris. Uh, and you mentioned the Miles Garrett play. I love it. Oh, Someone yeah. on Twitter had the video of them after the game. I seen it. Yeah, meet up and they're talking and they're smiling <laughs> and they're laughing about it. I'm like, uh, some people. I guess some people are offended by that because it's Brown Steelers. I understand. I don't care. I just love the fact that they're talking about it. Like they're like, yeah, Dodgers, like, yeah. oh man, I almost had you. And Miles is like, I, I wasn't gonna let go of you. Yeah. I wasn't you can imagine. You can imagine like. Like that's like NBA, like when people used to dunk on someone and it turned into a poster and you get it on your wall. And like that guy on the poster that's getting dunked on, that would have been Miles Garrett. Oh yeah. Miles Garrett would have been that dude, but he just pulled he got pulled him hard enough to get his knee down and end the play. Uh but man, I you love remember the in the game. at the end of the uh Patriots Raiders game on that crazy play. Oh, that crazy play, and yeah. Chandler Jones, when he smashed Mac Jones in the face <laughs> and on the ground. That was bad, but if Harris would have broke out of that tackle of Garrett, oh, it would have been worse. Went off more yardage. It would have been on every Sports Center highlight. Oh yeah, they would have never let. That's why Garrett's like, I wouldn't let him go. <laughs> he wasn't let go. He's like, no, get that. He just barely got that knee down. Did a good he job of it, but I love it. Oh, and, and Warren, Warren's blocking. His help blocking. Oh, awesome, awesome. It often like, he hits guys hard. Oftentimes, yeah. you'll see a running back come up and chip hard and blow the block for the offensive lineman. Like, the lineman has him lined up. I just need a little help keeping him secured. And they knock the dude, and, and he's in the inside. And now the offensive lineman's trying to completely shift balance, and do, and the guy beats him because the running back knocked him into the into an open lane, right? He, he, he reversed his momentum for him. Yeah. Uh, you don't want that. And Warren doesn't do that. Warren hits hard, but he hits him right. And he doesn't ruin the blocks for the offensive lineman. Uh, Warren's a fantastic blocker. That makes him a great third down back. You know, Najee Harris is not the best blocker. He's gotten better, but he that's not he's not good. <laughs> One thing that works in Warren's favor uh, is his lack of height. Mm-hmm. You know, they're saying he might be 5'7". Yeah. But if you watch him, when he's running, he gets low, even though he's yeah. already short. 
and the, it's hard for guys to see him behind that mass of humanity. But mm-hmm. when these guys are blitzing up the middle and there's all that traffic and they, they explode into the backfield, think they got the quarterback, he comes out of nowhere. And when he blocks, he comes up. Mm-hmm. And to me, it's like a ram. You know how when yeah. the rams are fighting, and they, mm-hmm. that's what he does. He comes up and he catches guys here and he's caught a couple of them under the chin. Yep. And, and he puts guys down, man, because he's got that leverage and they're going backwards and they land on their back half the time. I love to watch him pick up blitzers up the middle because he, I don't even know if he missed one this year, but I see three or four highlights where he planted them. Oh, yeah. It's fantastic. He does a yeah. great job. Uh, let, 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 the last one I bring up here is Derek Watt. Do you, do you think Derek Watt is worth re signing? Obviously, he's. I don't know if he. I don't think he's going to get the same contract he got when he first came here. But I. I can't be sure. We all saw what Tyler Matikevich got when he left as a special teams guy. Derek Watt is a top tier special teams guy with a good reputation mm-hmm. around the NFL. Uh, would you bring him back? Are we looking for a new fullback? Uh, how How would you handle that? You know, Derek Watt is, as you said, he's a great special teams player. Mm-hmm. I mean, he's just good. I mean, if you really watch him and when he's not out there, you, you know, it's a huge difference. Yep. He is different. He just has a feel for just full speed weaving through traffic and, 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 you know, getting past blocks and, and going right to the ball. He's got a nose for the ball. Uh, you kind of wonder why he didn't play defense, you know, like his brothers, because yeah. he does mm-hmm. have a nose to find that football and you see it on special teams. Um, I believe that they signed him. One initially because they was thinking about TJ Watt's future contract, and you know, hey, he's going to be happier here. He's going to be comfortable here. Well, now they have the contract signed, and now Derek has value. And this year, you know, besides his special teams, he did. I think you said I think it was eight, eight or nine, maybe yeah. seven and eight successful short yardage plays. He called a touchdown. You know, he did some some good things. Um, yep. And, and he's 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 a better blocker. Like you say, what if you go with Connor Hayward and try to have him be H back in place of fullback? Um, he's not as good a blocker, and he's not as good as special teams, and he has his own niche and his own role. They're both glue guys. And in my opinion, if you could re-sign him or sign him to a you know a reasonable deal, you're killing a lot of birds with one stone. One, you're keeping your, your best player happy. You're keeping a leader and a great clubhouse guy, you know, in the locker room. You're keeping a, a great special teams guy. We know we've seen in the playoffs, special teams can kill you. You know, you're keeping one. You're probably your best special teams guy, you know, on the team. Um, and it's a glue guy, and you got to have those. So yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I think that that uh, maybe not the contract he got before, but a, a reasonable contract uh, i think he's you definitely bring him back just real quick on Derek watt Derek watt touched the ball 14 times five receptions nine rushes he scored two touchdowns and converted nine first downs average <laughs> average yards per play 2.3 in his longest gain was five yards uh he definitely was a factor in the short yardage game <laughs> and not really used for anything else like he was yeah. that was the guy you need one yard, Derek Watt's going to get you two or three. Uh, and that's kind of what they used him for. But that's and valuable. He, he fit, yeah. He fit. It's you, very valuable. You, you get eight out of nine on yep. on short yardage runs. 
Najee Harris, Jalen Warren, neither of them yeah. were like that. Like Derek yeah, Watt yeah. had that value. And you see when he hits the hole, you know, like, you know how they do it now? Like the quarterback sneak and the guy runs up and like push pushes the quarterback through. Yeah, yeah. Derek Watt looks like that dude when he runs for the first down. Like he looks like he's the guy. He's in there pushing the <laughs> offensive line. Like he's, he's like pushing him, yeah, boom yeah. and he's driving the offensive line forward. It's just like, okay, he's doing it for himself. He's got he's got like both arms. He's got a, he's got a <laughs> yep. death grip on that football and he's just charging full speed and just ramming his way in there. He's going to get yep. that yard. Like I, I love it. Uh, he's got that same competitive spirit TJ and JJ have. Yep, yep. I'd love to see him back again. But like, like you said, uh, Steelers are are pretty close up against the cap. Uh, they can't spend on that position. Yep. That that role is not one they can really spend money on. So we'll see. I'd love to have him back. We'll see. Moving on from running back, let's go to tight end. Where? Where the Steelers are losing, they're they could lose. They have, the, they have the free agent with the most snaps played of any position of a free agent in Zach Gentry. The most valuable offensive free agent the Steelers have this year is Zach Gentry. Um, okay, let's let's we'll start. I know it's Jack Zach Gentry. Let's start with Pat Fryermuth, uh, the whole over position. Uh, we all we all thought Pat Fryermuth, Zach Gentry could be a a high end tight end position. Mm-hmm. We expected great things from Pat Fryermuth. Uh, recent report, I think it was ESPN, ranked him 16th in the NFL among all tight ends, which was better than they did his rookie season. Uh, but wh- what do you think of Pat Fryermuth's second season? How would you how would you rate that? I I rank Fryermuth much higher than 16th. Uh, yeah, in my opinion. <laughs> You know, if you watch, I mean, a lot of times you got to say a guy is limited by his quarterback mm-hmm. uh, or quarterbacks in this case. He's limited by his offensive coordinator, by the scheme. Uh, Fryermuth, you know, he's right up there. You got your uh, uh, kettle, you know, you, you've you got, uh, uh, shoot, I can't think of the kid that, uh, uh, you got kettle and you got kettle. Uh, uh, and, uh, then you got the, the, the kid from Minnesota, uh, Minnesota, uh, Hendrickson, no, not Hendrickson. Um, Oh, Hawkinson. Hawkinson. Uh, you've got guys like that who, uh, the Buffalo tight end, uh, really had a good year this year towards the mm-hmm. end of the year. Uh, had him on my fantasy team. Now I can't remember his name, but you know, you have those top two. And then I think Fryermuth's on the level with all those second-tier guys. You know, he just didn't have the opportunities. But he had an excellent second season. You know, he, to me, he'll always be more of a move tight end, receiving threat. You know, he's going to – you want him to be a decent, to maybe slightly above average walker at some point. Um, but that's not really what they drafted him for. Uh, he really tries hard. He gives great effort. Um my only concern is, again, I've said, is the concussions because he plays a certain way, and the way he plays, you know, sets him up and puts him in danger of a lot of these, you know, blows to the head uh, mm-hmm. where he keeps fighting for that extra yardage. And, you know, and uh, so to me, his health is the only concern I have about Friar Ruth at all because I believe he's going to be 
is you know the only thing holding him back is is the quarterback play, which I think Pickett's going to improve, and you know the offensive coordinator, because I think Fryermuth can be that good. He's going to be the security blanket uh, for, and he you've seen that as the year went on, he was becoming yeah. what a lot like what Heath Miller was for me. Uh, you know, Zach Gentry. I mean, I, I thought that guy was when I found <laughs> when they drafted him in the first season his rookie year. I'm like, this guy's like a giraffe. Yep. I mean, he's so tall and he was so gangly and he mm-hmm. didn't have any ma- mass on him, really, you know, muscle. And he was just getting pushed around and he couldn't get leverage at that height. And I did not think he would make the team his next year, second season. Yep. Um, there's another guy I've had to eat a lot of crow because mm-hmm. he is bulked up. He's put in the hard work. You know, people don't understand that's dedication in the offseason. That doesn't happen during the season. That's dedication in the offseason. And he has reshaped his body and reinvented himself as an actual tight end. And at one point there in the season, if the quarterback had gotten hurt, he was the would have they'd had to went to him as yep. the quarterback. I don't want to see him play quarterback now. Because I, I mean he hasn't played quarterback <laughs> in forever. And I think that his his quarterback days are way behind him. But um somebody might overvalue him like they did Jesse James. Mm-hmm. And, and and see him as, you know, really a top-end number two. And they might give him top-end number two money. So if they do, I don't see how the Steelers would be able to match it. Similar with what happened with James. So I'd like to see him back. I think he's – he's it's funny. Him and Fryermuth have a good connection. I don't know if you've ever seen any of their podcasts. And, oh, they're, they're and, hilarious. They're hilarious. They have just a real connection. If people don't realize how important that is on teams. Because, yep. you know, if you – if you like the people you go to work with every day, it you know you don't have to like them, but they either got to motivate you because you know you're competing against them, or you're fighting for them. But you know, indifference is not good. So I, yeah. I like that that tiny end room with uh, Connor Hayward. Uh, you have the whole spectrum. You know, you have every kind of player, and and they all have special abilities to offer this offense. No, I agree with that. I love those three together by the yeah. end of the season. I thought they were a great, great set. It will be interesting to see if they bring back uh, Gentry. On Fryermuth, I want, I, want, I want to say my my snippet here on, on Fryermuth. When he had Ben Roethlisberger, the, the completion percentage from Ben Roethlisberger to Pat Fryermuth was like 76%. Mm-hmm. They, were, they were incredible, right? Because mm-hmm. Ben could place – Ben was always great at placing the ball – where his receiver had a chance to make a play. Like, you didn't have a great chance. It wasn't like the ball was perfect, but the ball was where you could make a play. And we saw that in Fireman's rookie year. We saw him make the play on balls that were – Ben gave him the slimmest of chance. Mm -hmm. It was basically – and that's – it was a great tribute. The the guy's kind of covered, but Ben's like, you know what? I'm going to put it where maybe he can get it. Mm -hmm. You know, the defense isn't going to get it, but maybe my guy will get it. And Pat Fireman's was coming down with those balls. You go to Mitch Trubisky in this season, their percentage completions was under 60%. It was actually quite bad. Him and Mitch Trubisky didn't, didn't do well together. Kenny Pickett, it was up closer to 70%. They they connected for 500 yards. more. Kenny Pickett threw to Pat Fryermuth for more yards than Ben Roethlisberger did to him in his rookie season. So mm-hmm. I think Kenny and Pat Fryermuth really, really developed, really worked. Mm-hmm. And if you look, I, I know – we, we talk about the Steelers weren't thrown over the middle much, right? When they did throw to the middle of the field, it was almost entirely Pat Fryermuth. 
Like mm-hmm. something like 80% of their yards over the middle of the field was Pat Fryer moves, or at least attempts. That's the, the Steelers were actually one of the better passing teams over the middle simply because of Kenny Pickett to Pat Fryer moves. Yep. Right. That 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 relationship, and I think they're going to get even better. Again, he didn't play much with Pat Firemuth in the preseason. He didn't, play, he didn't do much with Pat Firemuth in the regular in the in the training camp. Uh, I, I think there's a lot of room to grow there. I love what we, we all love what we saw from Connor Hayward in small doses. Uh, hopefully, he can build on that. I think the tight end room is in good shape, and I, and if you bring back Zach Gentry, I think you can do it. I think you can roll him back in and do it again. Or, you know, he's a guy you could go in the draft and replace with a with a young another blocking type tight end that's what i wanted to bring up and i wanted to ask your opinion on this because we've talked about it some uh, i'm behind the still curtain uh there's a couple of tight ends this year there's a kid out of georgia uh his last name's washington he's mm-hmm. like like G- zach gentry but he's athletic and he's like six seven two fifty great catch radius good hands uh you know likes to hurdle people he, he's athletic uh, and he's a good blocker. He's like he'd be like having an extra tackle out there. Yep. And it, you know, much better blocker than Firemuth, and maybe as good a blocker as Gentry already. He's probably would be a second round. You know, it had to be one of them second round guys. And then there's another kid out of Utah, Kincaid, uh, who you know kind of reminds me of Firemuth. The only thing reason I would consider is because to me the offense doesn't have to have three top receivers as much as it has to have five weapons. Yeah. And and a good offensive coordinator can use them. If you have two top tight ends, that's as good as having that extra receiver. Matter of fact, you can run two tight end sets. It helps your running game. You know, you could great, get great mismatches and you can still have Pickens and Deontay Johnson. I know everybody wants Addison because they think that it's going to be a repeat of Burrow and Chase. But I honestly, when I think about it, because of the one with Pickett in this office, they want to run the football. And uh, you have, you can't count on that connection, Pickett. I mean, Rudolph in Washington was great in college. It didn't translate to the pros. So we don't know. They set records. Yeah. They set records in college. Tons of records. We don't know if Pickett will have that instant uh, connection with Addison. Or if he'll be the same type of receiver in, at the professional level. So if you get if you take one of these tight ends in the second round, uh, you know you would have the two tight end sets. It would help the running game. Pickett likes to work the middle. You have instant mismatches. You already got Harrison Warren. You know you're going to have plenty of offensive weapons to spread the field. Um, and uh, so you know I know everybody wants that that extra wide receiver, but you know, they could look and go tight in there in the second round. I'll, I'll, I'll go with you on that. People talk about Burrow and Jamar Chase, uh, and they focus on their relationship together in college. Uh, I, like, to me, that's, that, that looked like Matt Ryan and Julio Jones. It didn't mm-hmm. take long for Matt Ryan to realize I can throw the ball to Julio Jones because he's that good. Yeah. You know, Jamar Chase is that good. Joe Burrow knew it already. <laughs> So he didn't have to learn that. But it, even if, if Jamar Chase had gone anywhere last year, it wouldn't have taken his quarterback long to learn. Throw the ball to Jamar Chase. Yeah. The guy wasn't a top five pick because he knew Joe Burrow. It was a top five pick because he was worth it. 
Mm-hmm. Like he was that kind of a talent. Uh, so for me, Jordan Addison, if you're looking saying, oh, he's the bottom of the first round guy and he could be like our Jamar Chase. No, he's not that guy. No, nobody. If you're said. not that yeah. guy. You're not mm-hmm. going to be that guy. <laughs> Just because you knew your quarterback in college. Mm-hmm. Uh, if you can run the routes and your quarterback can throw you the ball, you're going to be fine. That relationship helps, in my opinion, helps ease the curve into the NFL, but that that doesn't mean that much. There's no guarantee. You doing. Yeah, if you're not if you're not yeah. getting open, <laughs> if you're not making plays on the ball, if yep. your quarterback's not good enough to get you the ball, it doesn't matter. You like Mason Rudolph and James Washington were honestly terrible together in the NFL. Yeah. Mason, I've, I've done the stats on it. The, the the order of James, people throwing to James Washington, the very best was Devlin Hodges. No yeah. quarterback touched the success Devlin Hodges and James Washington had. Uh, then it was then it was Ben Roethlisberger. Then it was Mason Rudolph. They were not good together in the NFL. So I, I don't think that makes the player worth it. And I want to I want to add to you saying it could be tight end with one of my favorite formations. The Steelers mm-hmm. used late in the year was a three tight end. Two mm-hmm. running back formation with Derek Watt is full, out in the wings. Two tight ends. They, they had Fryermuth, Gentry, Connor Hayward, Derek Watt, and Najee Harris and Kenny mm-hmm. Pickett. That was the grouping. And if you and it worked, Steelers, yeah, <laughs> the went and got another tight end. Yeah, let's say a guy who's a good athletic. He's a good receiver. He's a good blocker. You do it in the second round. You get the kid from Georgia, and he works out. You do a two tight end set. That's your base set now. Mm-hmm. Your base set is two wide receivers, two tight ends. Both those tight ends are great. We've seen that work in the NFL before. It it, it could work again. And mm-hmm. then if you want to go in a slot, well, Pat Fryermuth can go in the slot. Yeah, he's effective. <laughs> he's, he's really good at it, right? Yeah. And they put they put Jalen Warren in the slot this year. They put yeah. him and Najee Harris both out there. Ran a jet sweep for some like twenty yard gain. A yeah. couple of, a couple of jet sweeps. Both of J- Jalen Warren's jet sweeps were good. Like mm-hmm. they worked. And those those plays work. You put Connor Hayward in the slot. He beat a bunch of people. He scored a touchdown out of the slot. That deep, a uh, couple of deep cap passes. Mm-hmm. Like you've got options there. You don't have to necessarily have that player be a wide receiver. Yep. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna absolutely back you up and agree with you there. Our last group is wide receiver. That's the last group we need to talk mm-hmm. about here, Shannon. Uh I want to start with this. We're going to go back to the midpoint of the season. The Steelers traded Chase Claypool. We did not see a big increase in snaps for George Pickens. Not as much as we thought we'd see. There was an increase. Mm -hmm. The big increase was in Zach Gentry, uh, Connor Hayward, Uh Derek Watt played more. Uh, Jalen Warren getting snaps as as in double and in, in with Najee Harris on the field. We saw extra linemen get snaps. We saw a whole bunch of people get different snaps, along with the normal uh, changes of the Gunnar Olszewski, Miles Boykin, Steven Sims wide receiver sets where they never threw the ball. That still somehow worked. I, it doesn't make sense to me, but it still somehow worked. Uh, do you ex? <laughs> Hard, hard to think how to, how to ask this question here, but uh, do, do you think George Pickens being a rookie was the reason he didn't get on the field? Do you expect that to change and for him to be like playing every down, almost every down like Deontay Johnson did? Uh, or, or do you think 
the Steelers have a reason for for him not playing that much, not not as not as much with George Pickens. I think it was part being a rookie. Uh, you know, I love George Pickens, but if you watch the film, there was times that if he knew he was at the focal point, you know, he run the route different. Mm-hmm. You know. He was limited on what routes they used him on. That That's not necessarily his fault. But you can tell he needs to clean up his footwork. You know, he you know he takes too long to slow down, to make cuts. Uh, he You know, if he could clean that up, you know, don't round stuff off, but, you know, more sharp cut, you know, he, he's going to help him get open more. He led the, the league or tied for the lead league in contested catches and catches over 20 yards. You contest the catches in the NFL. I think it was 16 or something. Um, yeah. That shows that he went up and over, around, whatever. He made the catch. He was he was everything that Chase Claypool wasn't when it comes mm-hmm. to making contested catches. He's got incredible body control, leaping ability. He has speed, but he runs as fast as he wants to. I mean, he'll let yeah. a guy stay with him, and then at the end, he'll you'll see him accelerate to pull away. And I think if he would run hard the whole time, you know, he'd leave the guy in the dust and it wouldn't have to be a contested catch. So those are things that, that coaching and this offseason is a technique. They can work with him. I'd love to see him get with somebody uh, like a, a Larry Fitzgerald or somebody who knew how to use their size, their length, body control. Uh, and, and, you know, I think Claypool worked with, um, Maybe Brandon Marshall, or they was yeah, a, he, he worked with, with a, yep. a veteran to, in the offseason. Uh, and it helped him some on that inside game, you know, mm-hmm. being able to make hands catches, you know, and stuff. But, um, you know, he just had his limitations. I think Pickens could really prosper if he gets with the right person and the Steelers work with him on his technique because he needs to be out there. I mean, his blocking, uh, we, you know, we we knew he was physical in college. But could he do that in the pros? And he would surprise the guys early in games, and they weren't oh, ready yeah. for his intensity. And he would just plant them, and it was beautiful to see. Uh, and so he has that intensity. Uh, once he can fine tune his game and his route tree, he'll need to be out there because he's going to be their big play guy. Uh, Deontay Johnson can feast against number two, number three cornerbacks. He, he he's uncoverable, honestly. He could get open on anybody. And you hear the top cornerbacks in the league that have to cover him talk about how hard he is to stop. Uh, now, whether he catches it or not, whether he runs backwards for a little while before he goes forwards, you know, there's certain things that that he really needs to focus on improving. But you can have him. Then, who do you got? Sims is a free agent. And you'd like to have him back, for, you know, because he, he made some big plays this year. Uh, he's a good little receiver, um, and he's a good returner. Uh, but you ain't going to break the bank there because you can maybe find somebody else. Uh, they signed Anthony Miller, who looked like he was going to have an impact this year, but he got hurt in training camp. Yep. So uh, I think he could be a possession receiver and give you another guy there. And then, you know, we'd have to see who they maybe could pick up in the draft. There's a, there's some guys there uh, around the fourth round that uh, are tall, got some speed, ability to get deep, 
you know, that you can put in there is that fourth or fifth receiver. Um, Miles Boykin, which you mentioned mm-hmm. earlier, awesome special teams guy. I think the best gunner in the NFL. I mean, if, you had, if there's somebody better, they have to put it over here and tell me who it is because I didn't see anybody better, a better gunner in the NFL and special teams than Miles Boykin. So, uh, and he could give you some – Cannon would never throw to him. If he yeah. was in the game, it was a run. Yeah, it wasn't coming there. Everybody yeah. knew it. So, uh, you could probably get him back for, you know, league minimum. I think you liked it in Pittsburgh. Um, he's young. You know, again, all these guys we're talking about are young. So, that bodes well for the future. But uh, I, I think that it, at the most, they might look at signing a cheap veteran. You know, maybe somebody to add a little leadership there in the room, uh, and and maybe look at a, a fourth round at the earliest wide receiver. But uh, I, I'm not too concerned about the wide receiver room. I just I'd like to have a stronger option at number three. Yeah, uh, I I, I want to say a little bit on 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 Pickens and Deontay Johnson because uh, the one what I can't remember what website it came out with rankings based on. Uh, on all their different advanced stats and metrics and the like, the 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 next gen stat stuff, and they were ranking receivers in different categories, and one of them was creating separation, and the very top, number one on that list, was Deontay Johnson for creating separation. Mm-hmm. He was number one, right, and all the way down at the bottom, George Pickens, <laughs> right. I'm, yeah. <laughs> I'm always open, George Pickens. I have the least amount of separation of anybody. Yeah. Just generate, because they were tracking it uh, on, on to the point the ball was thrown on routes, wherever you were, all that stuff, whether you were targeted or not. He's just never creating separation. And then on the other side, they had a category that was like making the catch, which was contested catches, yeah. ranking contested catches higher, and then other catches and everything. All the way at the top, George Pickens. All the way down at the bottom, Deontay Johnson. <laughs> I was like, you, you've got this incredible thing where you're like, okay, Deontay Johnson's open every single play. Yeah. He creates separation every single time. But what does he do with it? His catch rate is his catch rate is never high. Yeah. Like you, his his yards per catch are never good. His yards after the catch aren't great. Like, and then you've got George Pickens, who's never open. But but Kenny Pickett throwing to George Pickens at the highest quarterback rate of any rookie pairing. I, I'm going to bring that up again. Like it's his efficiency with each time you target him was incredible, but he wasn't open. You just throw it to him when he's covered. Like, like that's your strategy. doesn't matter. He's covered. And Deontay Johnson, the other side, he's always created space. Yeah. It's just, you don't know what you're going to get when you throw the ball to him. Uh, like if you could combine the two of them, you can buy the two of them. You got Randy Moss. Like he's he's right there. Like he's, just, just, he's right there. You just got to fuse George Pickens and Deontay Johnson together. Uh, my really my my goal for this offseason, I I hope to see it. We all we all heard George Pickens dropped for some some concerns, some red flags teams had on him uh, about things like work ethic, things like character in the team, fighting with coaches, stuff like that. I kind of have to wonder if we're looking at a, a Kevin Dotson like situation, right? Kevin Dotson mm-hmm. looked like an absolute beast his first season. 
next season they're like, come on, man, we, we need you to work on stuff and improve. We need you to grow as a player. We need you to do the stuff we're telling you to do. We saw him come into this season not being able to run outside zone still. Mm-hmm. Right? We saw him start that and, and just be bad at it. And then, like, we're going to play Kendrick Green because you're you're hitting your third year in the league and you can't do this stuff. Right? We need second year. No, third year. Yeah, third year in the yeah, league. Year, and yeah. you can't do this stuff we've been asking you to do. Right? That's going to cause problems. At some point, you've got to grow as a player. George Pickens. I really, I, I don't want to put him in that category yet because we don't know what he's going to do this offseason. I want to see him go get with someone who works on footwork. His footwork is not great. His releases are, like, his stuff is just not the cleanest, right? Mm-hmm. And that's that means you're inconsistent with your route running and your timing. You need to get that down. Antonio Brown, uh, they, they did a thing where he ran, he ran a hook route. And they, they showed, they tracked his line of movement and the amount of time from when the ball was snapped till he got to that point and where the point was on the field. Had him run a few different routes and then run a hook route again. Mm-hmm. He hit there within like three hundredths of a second to the exact spot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Like his skill was that you know where I'm going to be and when mm-hmm. I'm going to be there. He could sell other shakes in his route and everything. But Ben Roethlisberger knows, okay, he's running a hook. I know where he's going to be and when he's going to be yep. A hundredths of the second. I can throw and know exactly where he's going to be before he even cuts. George Pickens, Kenny Pickett can't do that. If he's running an out route, you better wait till he turns that corner and shows you where he's running and then throw it to him. Mm-hmm. Because otherwise you don't know what you're getting. You don't know where he's going to be. That's a huge, huge thing that George Pickens, if he can work on, man, if you had an out route, if you had out routes and slants to your repertoire – and a hook, and you're just reliable at it. Mm-hmm. If you can, even I mean, even if you can run straight up field, if you can run it and, and at 12 yards, either they don't know if you're going an out, they don't know if you're going an in, they don't know if you're going past them, they don't know if you're turning around coming back, mm-hmm. they don't know if it's back shoulder, if you're heading to the middle. If you can do that, you're unguardable. George Pickens would be unguardable. The question is, can he get there? Well, that's why I want to see. Pickens and Pickett working together this offseason. Oh, yeah. I've I, I, I seen a title. I didn't get to read the article, but it says Kenny Pickett's already planning on working out, you know, with this. I hope it's Pickens. You know, Johnson gets open. That, that's yeah. not a problem. He needs to be working this offseason to develop that chemistry, like you said, like being an AB head. It's mm-hmm. a trust factor and it's a reliability. And once you find it, Matt Stafford had it with C- Cooper Cup last year. You know, Brady had it with uh, Evans and all these great combinations. They know that that guy's going to get where he's got to get, and, and they throw it before the guy ever makes his yep. break. Pickett couldn't do that with anybody this year. Nope. Yeah, they they he was. Uh, I think that was on the Pat McAfee show. He was saying that he he's got plans to have everyone come down to Florida, mm-hmm. and he's going to meet up with people in New Jersey. He wants to do all this. He understands what he has to do. He he knows what that's he has great. to do. Yeah, that's and, great. And one of the great things is, is he was in that train. Like you think about it, he spent years in that training facility with Ben Roethlisberger at the end of Ben's career. Mm-hmm. Like he got to see Ben interact with people. So I I, I think that's going to help Kenny Pickett's transition to NFL style leadership is the fact that he had that dude there and they could point to him. I don't I 
I doubt Ben really had a relationship with him. You hear Ben talk, didn't sound like they were like, you, you, they can't talk to him too much. Like they're, you're, you're, you're busy yeah. doing your job. You're not going hanging around with the college kids, uh, especially not Ben, <laughs> like 38 years old. <laughs> yeah. like you can't imagine him going over and hanging out with the college team and be like, Hey, fellow kids, you know, like, like hey, dad. <laughs> yeah. And be like, what's up, dad? How you doing? But, uh, but he had that, like he, he, you, you still pick up things, just seeing people and how they do things. Uh, so I, I hope we, I hope we get that. We've gotten through the whole roster here. I, I want to close up with, uh, one of our big things we, about the offense is almost everyone's coming back. Right. So I think, I think we kind of heard your answer, but if you had to pick one spot on this offense to pick, to try and add uh, a higher tier talent or or a guy who could compete for a starting job, someone that could be a, a top tier kind of a threat. If you were going to add to this offense with a talent, where would you prioritize adding it? I'll, I'll kind of give it like an order. I've, if you could get, you know, the offensive line, a generational talent, you got to take it. You oh, know, yeah. Because the offensive line is that close, but they don't have that talent, that type of talent. That would put them over the top because a, a, a generational offensive lineman makes everybody better. Mm-hmm. The whole offense. Uh, I, again, I would like to see a top tight end. You know, bring in a, a, maybe a top rookie if one presents itself, uh, and then maybe that wide receiver three, uh, a veteran. That that would be you know those are my three areas that I'd like to see a focus because I think the rest of the offense is you know is is very young and it has a bright future. Yeah. No, I, I can't really disagree. One of the beautiful things with if you decided to add an offensive lineman is if they're really good, you you could add a center. If you got a pouncy level center, Mason Cole's your backup. That's fine. He he can back up all three interior spots. He, yeah, he can play guard too. Yeah. No problem. Yeah. No problem. You get a top tier guard. If he's left or right, if he's a if he's a left guard, okay, Dotson, you're a backup now. You know, and if he's if he's a right guard and you say we got players yeah, got right yeah. guard, James Daniel can switch to left guard. He's a veteran, he could do it. You could move that around. If he's a yeah. tackle, Dan Moore isn't set in stone. Like you could take really if any truly generational talent fell to the Steelers at 17, even you could take that guy and just be like, boom. Like this offensive line just went from entering the season in a good spot to potentially great. Yep. Like you could, like just just imagine you add a, a, I mean, let's go crazy. Let's go crazy with. It. Let's say you had an Alan Fanica at a left guard spot instead of Kevin Dotson with James Daniel at right guard, and this like you, you do whatever you want at that point. Yeah. You're gonna yeah. you're gonna just kill it. Uh, I also like the idea of adding a second tight end. I think wide receiver is less of a need, uh, mostly because I, I think I think this this is more about easing Kenny Pickett into the NFL uh, and, and giving him help, like giving him an easier workload mm-hmm. uh, before you turn this team into a team that relies on the quarterback to make the play and be the the engine that drives the offense. Right now, run game offensive line, let them do it. Let them do their thing. Yep. Adding this kind of tight end would just add to that. Really just add to that, especially if it was a guy who could block like Zach Gentry and also be a good receiver. At tight end, and you could you could move Pat Firemuth around. <laughs> just that's brutal. We've seen yeah, anytime yeah. the NFL has that. That's a brutal thing to deal with. Uh, I would I would love to see it. I, I 
I honestly don't think we're going to see any top tier talent added to this offense. I, I think like the title he said, bringing back the Steelers offense for another go. I expect the Steelers are going to kind of go mostly with what they have and just, you know, take out a, a, a Gentry or a, or a Sims guy that leaves and replace him with someone similar. Mm-hmm. Uh, do you agree with me, Shannon? Or do you think the Steelers will actually pursue making this offense more dangerous by adding the I talent? Guess, I guess the thing that makes me think they might is depending on where they think they're at in this rebuild, if they think they're really close to competing for the division next year, they might. See, they could easily restructure what if free up substantially more money. You yeah. really don't want to Cam Hayward at his age, but he's yeah. really got a big hit. Coming up. And I mean, you know, he's worth it. I ain't saying that, but if you extend him, you know, he might get to where you got that dead money again. And the guy hasn't, you know, he he isn't worth it. So I think what they could look at, they could even look at Fitzpatrick. Uh, Some of these guys, you know, they're going to free up money when they, they cut William Jackson. Uh, There's a couple of other guys. They can free up some money. So um, it's going to depend on how that free agency looks. If there's somebody they really want to target. Uh, but I'm like you, I think the offense is pretty much what we're going to see. It'll, if there's something added big, it's going to be a, a draft pick. I, I don't yeah. think it's going to be fresh. I think you'll see a, a, a defensive focused off season is what I'm expecting. Yep. Yeah. Cameron Hayward has a f- almost $16 million base salary this year. That, yeah. that <laughs> you can mess with that. You can create space from that. Uh, depending on how much the Steelers want to want to spend over the cap, uh, when you when you talk yeah. about total cash, which is how you do it, you constantly push money back and you keep you keep eating guys up the up the up the tree. Uh, any any, any okay, that's that's really I think we covered it all. I think we covered the offense here. Uh, yep. Shannon, you have anything coming out you want to let people know about? I'm just working on an article about what I thought was the three biggest weak spots. I don't like to name certain players, but in this case I did. But but again, two of them I don't think we're going to see anymore in the black and gold, and one of them I think might be playing out of position. So that's the that's the article I'm working on right now. So the biggest weak spots, like overall the whole team, or the, yeah, on offense and defense, yeah, offense and defense. Okay, yeah. uh, I, I have an article coming. I think it's coming out tomorrow. Uh, I did one last year. It was a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. I, I especially enjoyed the discussion on it uh, where I just asked the question, what was wrong with the Steelers passing game? What? Because it wasn't great. What was wrong? And I, I make an argument uh, basically where if I decide that like, if you predetermine, like, you know, what was wrong was the quarterback or what was wrong was the wide receivers. What was wrong was the offensive line. And then you just, I put it in there and I put it in for each one arguing, this is why this group is responsible and you get to vote. So go check that out tomorrow. Vote for the group you think is most responsible uh, between the quarterback, offensive line, wide receiver, and offensive coordinator. Offensive line won last year. We'll see. Uh, I, I think we all can can assume who's going to win this time. Um, Matt but, Canada. Yeah, we'll Matt see. Canada. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. Maybe people really, really are angry at Mitch Trubisky. Who knows? But – uh. I have that coming out, and then then uh, we're finishing up the Vertex this week. Dave Schofield and I are working on is we're we're starting a series on all of the Steelers' uh, free agents that were that that played for them last year. We're going in order of snaps played 
Uh, so we start with Cameron Sutton. Uh, so Sutton is this this week. Dave's going to dive into the stats. I'm going to show the film uh, about what what Cameron Sutton, how he plays, and and what he's worth. So check that out. And uh, that's all I have coming. So uh, hey, love the show. Glad uh, glad we had the people here in the live chat. Thank you so much for coming, everyone listening. Everyone watching on YouTube, thank you so much for being here. We we love doing the show. We love having you guys here with us. Uh, it's a great time for both of us. Uh, I know we, we always say we have so much fun doing this show. Uh, and you guys are a big part of that. You guys are why we get to do it. So thank you so much for being here. Thank you for listening. Thank you for watching. Thank you for commenting. Uh, as always, have a great week. And let's go Steelers. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Turns and conditions apply. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18. Plus. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say, your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.